welcome guys to the mmos.com podcast episode 125 altai here with omer as usual and we have a we have an interesting podcast this week blizzcon obviously happened this last week there was a big anti-soft media event that happened last week so there's a lot of big mmo news to talk about this week a lot of mmorpg specific we usually talk about mobas and other stuff too but we got a lot of actual mmorpg stuff this week so altai i'll let you take it off with the weekly raid uh, sure our weekly raid is actually about blizzcon uh, what was your favorite announcement at BlizzCon 2017? And I did watch this live uh, with a few friends on our Discord, and we had a pretty good time. We watched the opening ceremonies where all the big, you know, each game went one by one, revealed some mm-hmm. of the big ones. Uh, so what was? Uh, I guess I'll give a rundown. There was um, new, re- you know, new information released about Hearthstone, Starcraft 2, Heroes of the Storm, World of Warcraft. But you know what's interesting to me? What game mm-hmm. wasn't really loved, and that was Diablo. Diablo didn't get much love this time. Did did they get any love actually? I they, don't remember hearing anything about Diablo. No, they they you know basically were AWOL from the convention, which is odd because I mean you'd think they at least have something about Diablo. I mean you were said it's one of the best selling PC games in the world, and mm-hmm. I was making fun of it before for being not so big, but apparently it's still one of the best selling games like, oh, yeah. overall. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's still probably uh, if if we could get numbers for it, I bet it'd be huge concurrent player base. Um, you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, you wanna, what was what was your big big announcement that you liked? I know I probably, right. probably share it, but let's hear it. We always just share the same thing. We've been talking about this for over a year with the drama with Nostalrius and Elysium, and it's actually happening. There's going to be an official World of Warcraft Classic server, which I think we had a panel with with Sean and Matt as well at one point. And Shirley, I think we've all decided it was probably never going to actually happen. I think I was the only one in the panel that said it's going to happen purely because it's good business. And I think I had an argument with Matt, or I think maybe you all time, where we talked about, you know, like the numbers on Elysium, the numbers on Nostalrius, about how many people actually want a vanilla server and that people would actually pay for it. And we're going to see the results of that when that actually happens. But the, the announcement came at BlizzCon. There's going to be an actual classic server. And I think it's going to do phenomenal. In fact, I am so confident that I, I think that the vanilla server, when it launches for World of Warcraft, it's going to have more players, more activity than any other realm in the game. It will be the most popular server in World of Warcraft. Definitely. I think that's without a doubt. Um, what I'm interested in is how closely they're going to mimic uh, not just the gameplay, like like the stats or whatever, or the raids, mm-hmm. but the, the infrastructure. So what I mean by that is, are they going to use the old graphics? Probably not, right? They're probably going to use a new engine, the current engine. But just with, I, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, but, you know, and then again, with the server technology, are they going to allow, like, are they going to cap the number of people per server the same as it was in 2004? Right or uh, is today technology today's technology going to allow like one big server, and it's going to be like the classic server, whether it's you know a thousand people online or ten thousand. That's the classic server. Because remember, Elysium and Australia's they had servers with over ten grand people concurrently logged in, and that's impossible on the actual old WoW because the servers just weren't you know strong enough. Uh, so again, I don't I, think we have the same old graphics. I mean, stuff like yeah. that and stuff with the server capacities and stuff. Not, I don't think they're going to go for this authentic experience of like trying to put as many like silly limitations in place like the server limitation was really just like the technology limitation that wasn't something that any that added to the experience i mean i think one bigger server would only make the experience better the graphics though however i know people are asking for it and they can relive that nostalgic experience the graphics i think is up in the air but there's no way they're going to artificially limit the number of people that can log into the server at once that seems you know kind of extreme i hope so and and you know for those people out there who you know want the old graphics guys come on like that's like that's a mm. that's like not even like a quality of life like teleporting in game thing. It's like a quality of life in the actual life, like struggling with an old UI or like an old you know the old shitty graphics. There's no point to that. Like I I get it. Like don't change the gameplay. Like you know make 
I, potion farming before raids that was legit and took a lot of time it was annoying but i think it's key to the game right but the graphics yeah. let us have good graphics like that's not an issue uh realize that tv made a point in chat and i've heard this point actually made quite a few times by quite a few people about uh, people that are skeptical about vanilla wow's popularity or if it can actually succeed people saying it'll be the most popular server for two months and then everyone will be level 30 and they'll all quit and they'll join the other servers or just quit the game all over again and that's why it's not going to launch until after the next expansion pack and i've heard this argument before but i ain't buying it i am confident that the vanilla server will be the most popular server one year after release Maybe even two years after the release, but I'm going to say one year after launch, it will be the most popular rem at that point. And I do think a lot of people will join and they quit very quickly after they get that live experience. But I think there's a big demand for people that want that nostalgic experience. And you really can't undersell nostalgia. Nostalgia is a hell of a thing. Look at look at RuneScape. Yeah, I was going to say. You, RuneScape is unbelievable. You, and, yeah, uh, interjection there. You have a good point with your uh, point that's going to stay popular only because that's what happened with RuneScape. The, the old school RuneScape has more people online than current RuneScape. Mm -hmm. Double about. Not just that. I, I hate bringing that as the only example because I, that's not fair to say one example. I, the EverQuest 1 progression servers, right? In fact, EverQuest 1, you can play free to play. However, if you want to play on the progression servers, which start at old school EverQuest, you have to pay monthly to play. There's a subscription you have to sign up to play that. And guess what? Those servers are packed. Yep. They're, they're, the, they're the busiest servers in the game. Despite the fact they require a subscription, when base EverQuest doesn't have a subscription anymore. In EverQuest... People are paying to get that vanilla experience, that progression experience. I don't think, you know, this is a, look, there are a lot of nostalgic people out there that do want that experience. And even if you don't want that experience, and I, maybe I, look, I, I will personally resub to play. And I don't think I'm going to play it too long because <clears throat> I play a lot of vanilla WoW already. I think I'm out, out of my system. I didn't really play Nostalrius, but I'm going to resubscribe to the official server and play for a while. And I might be one of the guys that does quit after 30 days or when I get to level 30, 40 or something, I might quit. But I'm confident that people are going to stay only because look how many people are playing on private servers today. And even though that's not a fair comparison, because a lot of those people are playing for free and they may not be willing to pay, I think I think it's going to blow people's minds how popular the server gets. And a year after launch, two years after launch, not just right away, because I, I I agree with you. You can't look at the, the one-week numbers, the first two-month numbers. Those are all bullshit. People will come and leave. Yeah, and I know I've made this point before, guys, and but I just think it's so funny that we have to go back to 2004 to, get, you know, in a lot of ways, wouldn't you say World of Warcraft Vanilla mm -hmm. Is more was more ambitious even in 2017 than uh, you know what the new expansion they announced, which we will get to. Uh, then mm -hmm. the new expansions for whatever, like Final Fantasy, you know, 14, the new raid there with mm -hmm. 16 players. Isn't it funny mm -hmm. that a game from 2004 is actually more ambitious? We got a persistent world. We got uh, 40 man raids. You know, you have to do this huge quest line to even enter. You know, it's mm -hmm. you know everything you want from um, you know a new patch in Final Fantasy, adding a new dungeon, right? Is, yeah. is there in 2004 in, in WoW. Isn't that crazy? I think it's unbelievable. Again, WoW compared to new launches today, you, you'd think when we talk about MMORPGs, a persistent, a seamless, like, persistent world wouldn't be, like, this, uh, this, like, revolutionary thing. But so many games launch without them, which is fine. I mean, we've gone to a very, you know, instance model with whether it's Guild Wars, whether it's Vindictus, games like this. So the fact that it's a persistent world, I think, is, is a nice plus. I do like persistent worlds. And 40-man raids, we, we haven't had that, like, I'm trying to think, does any other modern MMORPG have like 40 man no, raids? Nothing. Like, uh, like nothing. Uh, it's actually gotten so bad. Like even WoW itself, uh, with new expansions, I think 20 we or was the max, and then um, in Final Fantasy it's 16. So it, it's just well, you, you, get, you have like 24 man. Uh, you have 24 man oh, like uh, yeah, okay. but they're not like real raids. They're okay. Easy as fuck. Sure, but even then it's like half what uh, yeah, half what you know vanilla was. And those quest chains too. Like there's there's so many epic things you can do in World of Warcraft, and I, and I think. This kind of speaks back for its time. You know, 2004, 
was a whole different era, you know? These games companies were, a lot of people working on these games too, weren't really thinking about like this, about trying to attract as many people as possible. They were, they were, they were worried about making a good game that they were interested in. Because again, gaming was more niche back then than it is today. Gaming is very universal today. And companies have to design around profits and try to get as many people as possible to make as much money as possible. Back then it was niche. And, and they figured that in order to get players, people that were playing online MMORPGs, they weren't casual players. They were hardcore players like them. Like the guys working on the game were hardcore as well. They loved the games. They loved MMOs, which is why they were working at Blizzard to make MMOs. They made games that they would love, which is why I think Vanilla WoW has a special place in a lot of our, in a lot of our hearts, we played this game growing up. That's actually it was a whole different world. That's actually a really good point. That I've I've heard interviews of the original mm -hmm. team for a while, and at the time they were all Blizzard employees, and they were playing EverQuest together, mm -hmm. and they loved EverQuest. It was a hardcore you know game, uh, and they said, "Look, we want to make a game like EverQuest, a game we play. Like we want to make a game that we would play for us." Now, how many people who work at like uh, Candy Crush, you know, or 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 these mobile like Lineage Two Revolution, right? The mobile game. Mm -hmm. How many people working on that game? I'm sure these are very talented, intelligent, mm -hmm. capable, you know, developers, programmers, people. But how many of them are making this game for themselves? I'd say almost none. Hundred percent, almost. You know, none. they're going think, to work. Yeah, there's they're going. No they're going to work. They're working eight hours on this garbage game. They knew it was garbage. It's not for them. And they're going home and playing a different game, like on the PC probably or something, right? Something mm -hmm. more, more like that we play. So it, it's just sad that like the best talent is actually working on the lowest effort game. <laughs> and then, and then, in a lot of ways, because of Kickstarter. The least talent is working on the most complicated game, MMORPGs. So you have the people with the least experience working on the most complicated game, and you got the most experienced developers, most well-paid, working on the shittiest games, the mobile games. It's just a weird world of gaming that we're in right now. I do think, though, give it like 10 years, I think 5, 10 years, mobile games will get a lot better because people that make mobile games in 5, 10 years, people that grew up playing mostly okay. mobile games. Yes. You know, maybe it'll be different then. But I agree with you today, it's a very wacky world. And that's why I think Vanilla WoW had this very special place in our hearts. But we have to talk about this. Uh, you think you do, but you don't. They actually okay. fully backpedaled on that, which is absurd. Right, so go ahead. I'll play that real quick, just uh, mm -hmm. once again. So this is, I think, last BlizzCon. This was mm -hmm. a Have you ever thought question. about adding servers for previous expansions as they were then? No. And and by the way, you don't want to that to do that either. You think you do, but you don't. <laughs> You don't want to <laughs> and then the rest of this video just shows uh, how popular this server is. It's a private server, Astralis, after launch. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, Iron Forge is just packed. So <laughs> that made Blizzard look like a, you know, a bunch of dummies. Um, and obviously they did backpedal and they realized how stupid of a statement, you know, they made there. And they're giving us what we want. And it's it's purely what, the reason I was optimistic about <clears throat> vanilla private servers, I'd say more so than other people, were because from a purely financial angle. Like, there's no reason not to monetize this. Like, there, there's a demand out there. And clearly, I think it's a sizable demand based on all the private servers. And I don't think, you know, the official server will capture all those players because a lot of people don't want to pay money for Vanilla WoW. Like, a lot of people are cheap and they want to play on private servers for free. But another argument to made is there are a lot of people that never played on private servers for Vanilla WoW. Like, let's think about it. Like, even though we see tens of thousands of current players playing Vanilla WoW right now on various private servers, people don't know how to get to private servers. Your average... People, person who played Vanilla WoW back in the days, people just don't know how to get there, or they don't care enough to learn how to play on private servers. Yeah. So this announcement will actually capture a lot more people than yep. we think. Like I, I would say, the people that play on Vanilla WoW private servers were such a small minority of the people that do want the the, the vanilla experience. People I, just don't know how to get there. That's a really. I actually never thought. I didn't think of that until now, but mm -hmm. until you said it. But you're so right. Like, uh, one claim is that well, you know, there's like a very vocal like 10,000 people that want to play vanilla, right? 
But yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's the opposite. I think there are so many players who enjoyed WoW. Then they got, you know, they it, it, the game changed, so they left. And, you know, they have lives. They, they're they not like, you know, super elite hackers. So they can't download these files and then like edit these things and get on these private servers. So, and those guys, just they just, you know, fell off. And I think for every one guy that's currently playing on a private server for another while, there's at least 10 who want to play vanilla, who enjoyed vanilla, but, you know, I just don't know what private servers are. I realize maybe, I think it's fair to be skeptical as well, but I think it's, you know, at this point, they the fact that they revealed this vanilla WoW trailer at BlizzCon, if anything, I mean, I don't think it's a built hype for the next expansion for WoW because honestly, like, it's complete opposite for me. Like, honestly, this this announcement kind of stole the stage for me at BlizzCon, and it totally stole the stage for me with the new, uh, you know, Battle for Azeroth expansion too, which is still happening. It's gonna be a real thing. But this is such a like, I don't know. I, I thought it was quite a bombshell. Like, it was, I didn't see it coming. So, which is why it became like this such big news in my mind. And when I first heard this, I was like, no fucking way. Like, after all the shit they said, they're actually doing it. So I don't think it's it's just a ploy to to drum up hype for Battle of Azeroth because I don't think the players between Vanilla WoW and Battle of Azeroth current WoW they really overlap a lot. I think the current WoW is still you know pretty still a great game, honestly one of the best MMORPGs out there. Even though we make fun of the the difficulty curve, they're trying to cater to a much bigger audience. You know they still have like some difficult content with Mythic Raids and stuff, but I think they don't they don't overlap too much. So I don't think it's gonna it's just a ploy to get hype or anything like that. Well, you mentioned the uh, new expansion. I think we should talk about that a little too, right? Uh, so, yeah. Battle for Azeroth. There's also a cinematic for that. Uh, any, 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 anything you want to say on that? Besides, they're going to raise the level cap again, 120. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> That's usually the big bit of news. Honestly, like, I feel like my rule of thumb for an update, like whether, if, whether it's free to play, whether it's buy to play or subscription based, like a real a big update includes a level cap increase. Like yeah. some games that will say like, oh, we're launching expansion, like coming out next week but the expansion like adds like three new zones and, like that's it right that's not a fucking expansion that's like an update you know that's like a patch that's not an expansion you know for me the rule of thumb is if you increase the level cap all right now we're talking because now you have you know higher level to get to more skills more monsters to meet the higher level cap new zones for those higher level caps that's a real expansion so it's it's it's, it's you know obviously gonna add a shit ton to the game there's a lot more playable races being added yeah i think it was like yeah. six or, or more actually new playable races so which is pretty pretty intense i mean and races are kind of like I feel like it's kind of a silly way to add content. Like if they add a new class, I find that exciting. I don't find new races exciting, but because they're adding so many new races, it's more exciting than before. Because I know when, when like Warlords of Draenor and stuff like, what, what was it? The, when they add the the Draenei people and they added like, uh, like there's usually one or the two panda. Like, new races. Miss panda, the panda, the people. Panda, yeah. like, who cares? Like I, I really don't care about the races. It changes so little about the game. Like it almost adds nothing. It's almost like a skin. It's like a cosmetic. When you add a new class, it's like holy shit. There's new gameplay here. It's exciting. So, but they add so many more races that's kind of cool, and the higher level cap is kind of neat. You know, so, and they adding these weird persistent cross realm yeah. groups too, which again, I think you wrote in the article that it's this weird patchwork solution to like not having a mega server. It's so weird. Like, there's so much stuff in uh, WoW now that's almost like a merger server. Like, you can mm-hmm. queue with people, you know, in, in clusters of multiple servers. Even in the open world, sometimes like when you zone in, you're like clustered with people from different servers, like in a certain group of servers. You know what they should do? Why don't they just do this? Ready? They should just merge servers. I don't. I don't get why they're doing everything they can to avoid this. And communities, um, which is a new feature coming in this expansion, is just another weird like non-merger merger, where uh, again like, there's, there's persistent cross realm like basically chat groups. Like I, I don't know. Like what's the point of this? Like just merge the servers. And I want to show the hey, list of servers. Do, do, do you know what those communities are? Persistent cross realm player groups discuss strategies and make new friends. They're copying link shells in Final Fantasy XIV. I don't know. Okay, explain that to me. I, I have no idea what you know that means. Okay, a link shell in Final Fantasy XIV is basically just like uh, you know, like this chat channel for like slash shout slash yeah, yell yeah. slash say right in general chat. 
And a link shell is basically a guild that's not a guild. So you, you, you can create a link shell called Bakas and invite anyone to that, that link shell. And it's basically this, this clan with not being a clan. And you can invite anyone across servers, I believe, and they just you can just talk in there. It's a different like chat menu. So the chat room, basically. Yeah, it, it's basically a chat room that you know, overlays all your regular chat room. Okay. So like, you can type, you know, you want to talk to this link shell, and you want to say something to them, you can talk to different link shells. It's different, like, different... You could, you could be like eight different link shells at once across servers and stuff. It's basically just a chat room. But like, it's such a nice feature, actually. People create all sorts of like link shells. Like I'm, I'm in a, a Lala file only link shell in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> so like, people create these fun chat rooms, and they're just obviously copying that. And, and they yeah. should, actually. There's no reason not to. It's a social element and only adds you know to the game. Yeah, and, and, and uh, instead of doing all this weird stuff, look. So this, this is a list of all the servers that are currently in World of Warcraft. Hmm. And once again, a lot of these are, are, are kind of like semi-merged into clusters. But even still, look at this. There's so many of them. There are literally hundreds. And this is only in the America, in Americas. Look how many there are. Los Angeles, America. Look how many servers there are. There's That's no insane. there's no point for this. It's so and also a lot of these are empty. Like they they, they suffer from, you know, uh any any old MRPG has this problem where if you don't know which of the ten percent of servers to click on, you're just basically gonna play solo until you start queuing and stuff. And never play on recommended servers. It's always a trap. A recommended server in an MMORPG is an empty server that they want you to fill up. But that's always a trap. You always ignore that and you find the server that's busy or high population and you join those those servers. And you get a better experience for yourself. Mm -hmm. But again, like you said, a lot of this is already kind of, you know, merged together in a weird, weird way. But you know what's weird that's not actually merged together? Hmm. I feel like, like, like auction houses hmm. are like usually server specific. And it's, it's the same way in Final Fantasy XIV. That makes sense, like though. It would get, no, everything would plummet because then you if, if if okay, this is what happened. Then people, all the botters would would play on the empty servers, right? And they would farm all the good spots, and then so there'd be so much farm stuff like by bots dumping into the into the big server auction houses every day. But there 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 are bots. Those bots are on the big servers too. Yeah, There's yeah no restrictions. That, but 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 isn't there like a limit to how much they can farm? Like like uh once a week or like an open world is one spot per like minute, whatever it is. Like no, it's only, come on. There's like farm, I, I don't think there's like farm spots, per, like, and there's only like one or two per. They're not worried about the, always the most efficient farming. They can just farm in the you know mid, mid core spots too. Oh. I, I don't know. I, I I personally really would like a, a cross server market board or auction house in any game, honestly, because there's, there's also a real problem in a lot of the smaller populated servers. Like certain items cost so much money because like there's less crafters on that server. I think a big problem with Final Fantasy 14 is the empty servers. People complain that like oh this server you know raid food is what you need to you need to eat food before you raid to get better stats. Has like it costs like forty thousand on that server, and on my server it costs like two thousand for the same thing. There's only one guy that can craft it because nobody plays in that fucking server, right? And like it creates a shit experience for everyone on that server, except that one guy crafting. You know, okay, I agree, but I, I, ideally we just have one server per game per region, right? And that way everyone has the, the whole economy served. But I think if no, if the yeah. economy is fractured, and no, and like the the thing that's shared is the auction house where players can't interact with each other, but the auction house is still shared. Yeah, I think no, you're gonna. They can. Oh how, but with with the cross server with the cross server raid finders and group finders. Well, what about like stuff, open, you know, open world? Like, where, where do yeah yeah the open world you can't. I guess like, it depends. I guess it depends where the farming is done in the game. Like my idea is it's mostly open. It's just done in the open world. Like the rares or the things you can sell. Mm -hmm. Like the like the materials are, are farmed in open world. I could be wrong about that in your, in Final Fantasy particularly, but I just think auction house shared, while the servers are not shared, is going to cause you know. Resource Wait, problems. Nothing is stopping those botters from from farming on the busy servers anyway. Like literally nothing. Again, the number of spots. Again, it depends on the game. Like what we're talking about. But uh, regards. I mean, I do want more PTs to feel more. Uh, you know, MMO. Like I want the I want to emphasize the massive part as much as I can, because I really do think the massive part of MMO is really what makes it interesting. You have all these people playing one shared world, one game, mm -hmm. and it creates really interesting stories. Like 
and exploits. You know, you you know like certain raider groups of people that are like big dick players and like holy shit, they're like world's first. They did this, they did that, and it allows like stories and legends to be told. And like it's harder to do that when the community is fractured in between all these different servers. And I, I don't think I'd be playing Final Fantasy today if I couldn't be playing on the server I'm playing on right now, which is which is a busier server. Mm-hmm. You know, any MO, I, I really get like it, as stupid as it sounds. Like if I walk into town, if I walk outside town, I see other players. Like even if I'm not party with them, just seeing them there makes me like okay this is kind of cool like i'm seeing these other people playing the same game i am it kind of gives the game more meaning to me so i, I really whatever we can do to in, increase whether it's you know some kind of you know interaction between players whether it's you know one mega server or cross world auction house i think it's a good good solution how do you feel about this and this could be a, a weekly raid on all on its own but uh world of warcraft is implementing something similar uh to what they have in the legion realms currently or legion zones where it's basically adjusting for your level so Guild Wars does this, Guild Wars 2, mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls Online does this, and now WoW is going to be doing it for all serve for all zones. I believe starting at level 60, so all the level 60 plus zones. So it's not going to be the so it won't be like a level 120 character can go to like Goldshire and get killed by a boar. Okay, right? yeah, so, only level 60 plus. Yeah, zones. yeah. Um, so what it's kind of cool. It's, I, I don't you know, know how I, I feel about this. All right, go ahead. The the real interesting thing about you know the way it's an interesting solution I think to a to a design problem. Obviously, I'm no expert on design here, but I think uh, developers kind of realize that players will always go this certain path because there's a lot of places to level up in World of Warcraft, and like you can take the path you want, but it kind of makes a lot of zones meaningless. Like I remember when we were leveling in World of Warcraft, I never went to like Red 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 uh, Red Rock Mountains. I kind of skipped that zone because I, I just maybe stayed in Westfall a little bit longer, and I was able to get right to Darkshire. So it kind of allows players to level up in all these different zones that maybe they never got to do before. Maybe like when they reach. Like they they can clear all the basic content that they want. They want to get the max level. They can start doing quests and hunting in zones that they normally would not have gone to before. I think it kind of disperses players a little, little bit more. It gives them more choice of where they want to go, rather than just always following this maybe this linear path or this uh, like forked path. One or two. There's usually one or two different options where you can go. Now you'll be able to go pretty much anywhere after level sixty, to and where you want to level, how you want to experience the story in that zone. Because let's be real, like the stories in the zones, like aren't really relevant to your level. Like if you're in, in the, the the goblin. Tenaris, if you're in Tenaris, like the story in that zone, like the missions in that zone are like no more or less meaningful than like the story in, in some other zone. Like yeah. it, it's not like level restricted. Like it doesn't make sense anyway. You're not saving the world there anyway. So I think it's like it's, a, it's an interesting solution to this this problem of having these linear paths and where you can level up. And I think I think it'll allow players to kind of get more of the content if they do it like this. But I could be completely wrong. I, I, I also think it's a very interesting way to perhaps reuse old zones in interesting ways. So mm-hmm. like a, a max level character. If he goes back to like a mid-level zone, there could be a whole, you know, a uh, different quest line for him to experience or different things to see in that zone. Where you know, since the monster scaled and you know everything scaled, he's not literally losing out on like the you know the gameplay. It's just a whole new way to experience that zone. I don't know. Just so they could do like a whole quest line for the alliance in a in a horde zone, like a low B horde zone would have a whole high-level alliance quest line and vice versa. That'd be an interesting way to reuse old content, maybe. What do you what do you think about um? Somebody asked this question earlier. What do you think about MMOs design themselves around like fighting bots, whether it's Black Desert or uh, or Tree of Savior, where like you, you have trade restrictions and stuff like that. Oh, so like if you well, I mean you kind of would do open open PvP or for that right? No, no, as in like you literally just like cannot trade items like in, like you cannot oh, like oh. sell. Oh, like, there's actual trade restrictions yeah. kind of preventing you from. No, I think it's a bad. And obviously, those systems are made made to fight botting. Yeah, yeah. An RMT I, again, I think I think a better way to do it would to do it would be like an in-game method of doing it, like killing bots or something. How do you kill bots? I mean, just like if PKing is activated or something. 
But PKing is activated again. I have a problem with hardcore more RPGs that people, other people getting PK. Like you can't only PK bots. You, you can yeah, PK yeah. anyone. Yeah. So again, that's just here's what I mean. Like a game like Eve, right? If someone, if a bot mm. is trying to bot in like a, a low sec area, and you and you realize it's a bot. Right, it's very easy to but kill. But bots, bots are not going to bot. They they can bot in high security areas in Eve. Yeah, but again, there's less money to be made there. So, but it's so much. Yeah, I don't think you can say you can design the systems around this because this is botting and RMT and stuff like this have been literally a, a problem with MMORPG since the dawn of the genre. Like, if people want to bot and they they're going to do it. Like, and, and it seems like no amount of counter effort can really do it, stop it. Which is why I think they're doing these uh, like literal in-game systems that try to stop it. Which I think is a problem. First of all, I don't think mm -hmm. that's a solution. I think you just gotta deal with it because the moment you you introduce these systems that you, you restrict trade, the way a Tree of Savior does, the way Black Desert does, like for the Tree of Savior example, like like you are literally ruining the the MMO experience for ninety five percent of the player base to stop five percent of the player base from cheating. Like why are you ruining the game for for ninety five percent of players by putting these artificial restrictions on trade? Trading is such an integral part of like MMOs. Like it's it's an online game. Like, giving items to other players in commerce is like such a basic concept. The moment you get rid of that, like. Why am I playing Simo in the first place? I could be playing. I'm basically playing Skyrim by myself anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of yeah. a lot of the reason a lot of the fuel is pulled out of the MMO genre, you know, in the past few years is because of that. Like if you restrict it so much, if you instance things so much, if you know, if you do scale leveling so much, all this stuff, it it all adds up to basically it's no longer like there's nothing multi about it. So like there's nothing massive about it. Like there's no there's no other players involved in day you know in your in your hour by hour day by day experience, uh, besides a queue. It's no different than than like you know like you said like uh, Skyrim or something. Skyrim, Skyrim. Which is why I'm kind of more hesitant to really embrace games like Closers, which I just is launching Close Beta real soon actually on Steam later this month too, and games like Soul Worker and Vindictus. They they kind of feel like these. It's they don't really feel like MMOs to me. Like, I know that, look obviously other people say they're not MMOs. They're you know there's no massive world, but they have these persistent hubs like in town and stuff. But like they these games call themselves mmorpgs so i don't think it's fair for me to say they're not mmorpgs i think i think they still are but to me they don't feel like real mmorpgs mm -hmm. i feel like a persistent world is kind of a prerequisite in the back of my mind as this to get the mmorpg experience because if you have just these hubs it's just i haven't seen a game with the hub world that that just really feels like it has all these community elements has this like living breathing world experience even though like a lot of the zones are empty and i felt vindictus did an okay job with that because it wasn't just like one little circle that you float in it, the town was, you know, relatively large. You could kind of walk around this big area. You see everyone's like cosmetic outfits and their equipment. So I think I think Vindictus did an okay job with it. Vindictus had like ninety plus channels. You know, correct. you know what I also people, I loved people about. Just be empty uh, mm. Hold on, it was, I wasn't perfect, right? But you know what I loved about Vindictus too. Mm. Uh, and this is like a attention to detail you don't get with games like Closers. So when you left uh, from the hub world to like a mission, right, with you, you and your party mm -hmm. or solo, whatever it was. You actually saw like the dock in town, right? And there were these longships, and you, your your group would like go on to the longship, and you kind of would see it sail off. So it, it would kind of in the game world explain why you're like detached now from like the hub world because you you're literally going on a longboat to you know unknown destination or whatever, and you come back to town. Where in closers, you just right click a portal and you're just you know wherever. No, you're right. I, I do think that little distinction actually at least helps like yeah make the story something like it, there's, a, there's an explanation for what's happening you just kind of teleport outside town to these instant zones and it does feel kind of stupid so at least you know props to vindictus for actually doing that Th that's I think vindictus me, is yeah. the only source engine and more out there too isn't yeah. it it is it, it is it's, it's made on valve source engine which is interesting but uh i think i think vindictus because of that has a much more cohesive at least it didn't back a years back a community a sense of like one game one community mm -hmm. uh, so i wish more uh, hub world games would would do stuff like that 
I'm just really wishing that newer games don't embrace this model of restricting trade because I know Black Desert does it to a degree. Trade of Savior did it. Diablo 3 does it. So I'm really hoping newer MRPGs completely ignore that idea because I, I, that, I think that's such a fundamental element of a game, like the way the economy works is like, you, you don't have to be super involved with it, but it just feels really restrictive. And again, I, it just, I don't want to be playing some Skyrim with some multiplayer launch. I want to play an MRPG. I want, I want the massive experience. And trading for me is just one of those experiences. You just can't fuck up. Otherwise, it's not really an MRPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get a chance to see the cinematic? Back to BlizzCon. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's epic. It, I do think Blizzard is a master of, of you know making these amazing, epic-looking cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't like uh, live WoW the way it is today, like, just, just watch the trailers. They're fucking amazing. I have one complaint, though, actually. Hmm. I feel like they should have kept... It, the aesthetic feels different than like what the WoW yes. actually is. Like, it, it's too realistic. Like I think they should mm-hmm. have kept it more stylized, like the actual in-game graphics and earlier cinematics. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little too realistic to, for me. It just feels weird. I don't know. It's still, you still have like the characters still kind of look like the way they do in game. It's not like super hyper real. I know. Yes, it's more realistic than in game, but I don't think it's like hyper realistic. Okay. It's, just, it's still good. I, I think, think it looks good. Yeah, it still looks good. It still looks good. But, uh, Battle of Azeroth, I think it should. There's no release date for that, by the way. It should be, you know, given the way like every other Blizzard expansion kind of launches like 12 to 18 months in between other expansions. So I'm going to say. Mid to early 2018 should be when Battle of Azeroth comes out. I think like August or June, around there, it should be when it comes out. That's my that's my guess based on previous data. But we'll find out more obviously when they actually announce it themselves. Uh, what are the, okay, uh, uh, there were other uh, interesting announcements at BlizzCon. Uh, Starcraft mm-hmm. 2 going officially free to play, not just arcade and like the, you know the custom games, but the ladder, the ranked ladder with all the current players. You know you get all the new units. Um, Hell yeah! And you get the original campaign, Wings of Liberty for free uh with the free version you still got to pay for the heart of the swarm and legacy of the void uh campaigns uh so i but i don't think you're missing a lot there uh, i i'm just surprised they didn't just you know include that too why not because they want to make money that's why but i feel like that's a lot they got to monetize something else they gotta add yeah. like microtransactions like hats and stuff like be able to buy hats for your space marines or something i know you talked about that before oh yeah i think i think uh back when starcraft 2 was big like new if they just charge five bucks during Christmas for your Marines to have Christmas hats, five bucks, right? So that's like ten percent of the uh, the full game, right? Mm-hmm. They would have sold so many, and like it, 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 it's crazy how many they would have sold. Uh, people love cosmetics. Yeah, okay, I think I, I realized that like it's it's such a like sell for people. Like I've seen some people buy cosmetics in League, Final Fantasy, and everything. Like people love cosmetics. Let them differentiate the characters that way, and then their their units. I feel like it doesn't hurt the game at all. It just makes Blizzard more money, and then the more money Blizzard makes off StarCraft, the more love the game will get, because let's be real, StarCraft 2 has been in decline for quite some time. I mean, it doesn't have the player, it doesn't pull the numbers that even Diablo 3 does, or WoW, or Overwatch, or Hearthstone, any of their new games. They never they never talk about StarCraft 2 in their, their earnings reports, which I read. You know, they do always talk about how great Overwatch is doing, how great WoW is doing, how great uh, Hearthstone is doing. They never talk about poor old StarCraft 2, because the game is, you know, pretty low player base. And I think this move to make it free-to-play, though, will be great, because and it, it was kind of it came out of necessity, yeah. Because the people that still play StarCraft Two that love the game, they're waiting in longer and longer queues to mm-hmm. find ranked matches. So they figure if they made it free to play, more people will start playing, and the entire online ranked play is completely free to play as well. You get access to all the units. It's going to bring more people into the ladder play, and it, the experience for the dedicated fans will be much much better. I actually plan on playing it yeah. when it launches to play online play because I loved StarCraft Two online ladder play. I loved it. It was so the, the most fun I've had in. In a while, I got the Masters tier rating. I was diamond before that came out. Then Masters never got Grand Masters because I kind of quit after you know. But uh, I, I played, I played a lot, so I'm looking forward to it. I think the best I did was uh, Diamond 
in, in StarCraft mm-hmm. 2. And you like four or five pooled every time or something? Uh, I, si- I six pooled because you start with six yeah, yeah, you start yeah, with yeah. six drones in StarCraft 2. Uh, and I would just make no extra drones, just go straight to Zerglings. And that got me all the way to Diamond. I forgot the percentage Diamond is, but it's pretty high. And it's just so funny. I, yeah. I have a theory on why StarCraft 2 uh, and RTS games in general are not doing well. A pretty a pretty good theory. Right, what, what is your my theory? Th- my, 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 my theory? My theory is that um, games that need to succeed today in, in modern like gaming have to be games where you can blame your teammates. A game like StarCraft 2, when you lost, it was literally your fault. There was no way to deflect <laughs> blame on anyone else because it's a 1v1 game. You lose because you suck. That's it. You lost because you did bad. But look at the games that succeed today. Look at games like League of Legends. Look at games like Overwatch. Look at games like CSGO. When you lose a game in Overwatch and CSGO and Dota and League, and when you know your friends lose, think about all the times you've talked, you've spoken to your friends about League, Dota, Overwatch, CSGO, any modern online game. The first thing they always bitch about is their teammates suck. Every single time. Nobody says, <laughs> oh man, I, you know, it was my I'm fault. silver. Yeah. They suck. Nobody says that. Nobody. I'm so unlucky. I always get the worst teammates. Man, this is so hard. Everybody says that. You know why? And that's the reason they keep playing these games. The moment they realize they suck and they're the problem, yeah. they may feel so bad about themselves they'll stop playing, which is what happened with 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 Wings of Liberty and I mean with StarCraft too. There's no way to deflect blame, and people play and they realize I'm not climbing anymore. Like I've reached my ceiling, I'm not going to get better because I suck at this game. Like, they, 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 when they realize that, they quit. But they will never realize that in League of Legends. They will never realize that in a team game like CS:GO or any modern online game. There's always somebody else to blame for your current ladder, your current ranking, and you 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 may never discover it's your fault. Which is why those games. I think I, I am so confident on this theory that I don't think one v one games like StarCraft will ever do well online to the same degree that you know you see these other you, games. You're right. Well. You're right, and it's a very funny point because um, you know being bad, being doing poorly is a good thing because it tells you not to waste your time doing that thing. There's like a mm-hmm. and just being bad at one game or like one act. Like if you're bad at guitar, it doesn't mean like you're just a bad person. You know, just maybe you're good at writing poetry. There's other ways. To, there's other things for you to be creative with. So if you're bad at a mm-hmm. game like StarCraft, you, you know you can just move. On. Also, if you're bad at Dota or, or legal, I think a lot of the flaming and stress comes from what you're saying. People who don't realize they're bad, but and then but they still get bad results and they don't know what to do mm-hmm. with it. Like they they don't have a they don't have a real, you know explanation that fits reality. So they just kind of get depressed and stressed and angry the whole time. Oh, good. Taichi's making a good point that you can blame RNG on Hearthstone as well, which is remarkable because <laughs> people in Hearthstone, and a beautiful example, beautiful example, because in Hearthstone, people get stuck in like not even high rankings, like 10, right? Or like 11 or 15 or something, right? These, they're not even legendary. They're, they're like in rank 10, which is again, pretty easy to get. They get stuck in, in that percentile and they'll, and they'll blame like RNG and like, dude, you've been playing Hearthstone for like years and like you never get past this. Like at a certain point, it's not RNG, but they don't realize that. And that's the beauty of like the RNG element in Hearthstone and the beauty of having teammates in, in other online games. And you can't you can't do that in StarCraft where it's all skill. If you had some RNG in, in StarCraft, like if they introduce some RNG elements with like your units doing like really wide ranges of damage, like, oh, my Marines always hit low that time. They never crit me. You know, my units just never crit, which is why I did poorly. If they added that shit to the game, it would prevent people from realizing they suck. But I think you made a good observation too that a lot of the frustration and the anger and mm-hmm. the rage in mm-hmm. Dota and League, it comes from people not realizing the reason they, they're, they're where they are and the results aren't what they want. It's exactly what you said. That's a, that's a good take on it, I think. Yeah, and it's really is true because like, I, I'm that guy, guys, by the way. I know people think I'm an asshole, which maybe I am. But if someone is really, like, like some, once in a while, I'll say this. Not, not, if you say this every game, you're obviously the problem. But, like, once every, like, 50 games, I'll meet somebody in, like, Dota when I'm playing with a group or something who's just abysmally bad. Like, be, like and I can tell he has, like, a thousand games played. 
at that point, you know what I say to him, dude? Just play a different game. Like it's time to move on. Like I'm not even gonna like say you're bad or a fag or whatever, because you, you call someone, you insult someone when like they're good, but they're as good as you, but they messed up, right? But if someone is just so abysmally bad, it's just it, it, I, I can't just make fun of him because like he's just he just shouldn't be playing this game. Like he should just move on. If he put that thousand hours or thousand games into something else, he'd be, probably be good at it. So it, that does happen once in a while, and I think there are a lot of people who are just very angry playing a game. If they play a different game, they'll they'll just be happier. I think. No, and what you're saying applies to MMORPGs as well. Because actually, my friend the other day mentioned this in uh, when we were reading last night in Final Fantasy. Like, the reason they don't have DPS meters built into Final Fantasy and typically most games is because if people realize that their max level characters with like half decent gear are hitting for like 2,000 DPS in uh, in Final Fantasy 14, like you would just uninstall at that point. There's no other advice you can give them. If you're max level and you're trying to raid and you've been raiding for a while and you can't hit more than like 2k dps or 2.5k dps like you just have to uninstall at that point there's no you can't even call them bad like if you're hitting for 3k yeah you can call them bad there's there's some chance to improve there maybe they're messing something up but to, there, there's no hope play something else like yeah you, there's nothing else you can do at that point like you just not cut out for this game i think that's so important i think one of the biggest uh like things you learn in life like as in, from going from a kid I, and i think i think i think kids like parents and teachers do a big mistake when they tell kids anyone can be anything like, if you're just bad at something, go f- instead of wasting more time, go find something you're good at and then become great at that, you know? like, And it applies to games. For your fun, for your creation. This is recreation, right? If it's always a struggle for you to, like, play football, go play soccer or, or you know, tennis. Like, it doesn't... It can be a very similar game. It doesn't, you know, I'm not saying don't don't give up on sports overall or, or video games overall, but good life lesson there. Yeah. That can, that, can, that can bring down stress levels a lot. Yeah. And I think right. it's okay to play other games, too. Like, you have a whole... You know, there's so many games to play out there today that, like, it's okay. Like I'm not very good at CS:GO. I think I'm better at Overwatch than I'm at CS:GO, and I I don't play CS:GO because I realize I'm not good at it. You know, and I don't want to really put in the time to get good at it personally. But I think games have to make it more obvious, maybe. But they, they don't. The games don't want to make it obvious. The problem, like <laughs> yeah, what you're uh, saying is a good life lesson. Yeah. But it's in the business interest of whether it's Final Fantasy, whether it's World of Warcraft, or Dota, or League, or CS:GO. They want to they want to hide this information. The more the more they can tell you it's not your fault, the more you keep playing the game. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I want to do one quick thing too. You guys know if you're frequent viewers of this that uh, I have a very low opinion of the average gamer. You know, I say stuff mm-hmm. like, you know, if you have Discord installed, you're in top 10%. And or, you talking about StarCraft 2 reminded me of where I actually got my low opinion of gamers, the average gamer. Mm-hmm. And that was StarCraft 2. I six-pulled every single game to, and I got to Diamond League. And this was before there was any expansions out. So it wasn't like the player base was low. And, you know, a frequent, you know, people got mad at me. Like, they would type at me while when they knew they lost. And they'd be like, you know, you, you, you asshole, like, why are you doing this strat? Like, you're such a loser. Like, you uninstall the game. You're not playing it right. I would look at their profiles. Like, These guys had thousands of games played. And, they, and they, they were consistently falling for, like, this amateur hour strategy. Like, no thought strategy, right? Like, if you have this many hours in, and this is your consistent, and, and a queue, you know, when you go up to queue, uh, you often queue with the same people over and over again in the higher ranks. Like, mm-hmm. I remember the names. Like, th- these guys would, you know, lose to me on the same map on, with the same strategy multiple times. No, here's the problem. And I, I don't think it's entirely fair because that the strategy you're describing in StarCraft 2 is a very cheesy strategy. Not just very cheesy. It's a very effective strategy that you can only really overcome with, like, decent micro. Like, they well, yeah. could be really good players, but yeah. they don't have the mechanical skill. Wait, they're not good players then. No, you have, you have above average, well above average mechanical skill in any game. But you know that doesn't mean you're, you could be you could be great at StarCraft too with just your mechanical skill. But you need decision making and uh, you know more macro skill, which I, I don't know if you have or not. But again, this, the problem with this strategy it was it was uniquely effective. 
Okay, but here's the thing. It really required tremendous micro on their yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. they needed micro. Part, you need but but here's the thing. They, they needed more micro than you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is why I think it's it's not the fairest strap. But yeah, I, I still get your point of having lower opinions of the average gamer. Yeah, again, if this if this works on the top 20%, think how bad the bottom 80 must be. Yeah, but Canaris makes a good point too about Overwatch and how they don't show your KD ratio. And this is why they do it for a reason. It's called positive reinforcement. I think if people started seeing, they're playing like uh, Widowmaker, they're playing Soldier 76, they're playing like these DPS hit scan heroes, and they're, they're all, always dying, like their kill, ratio, kill death ratio is always negative. If they see that, they might quit the game. They might realize they suck. But again, Blizzard is the, now becoming the master of, you know, hiding your, you know, hiding your, how bad you're doing. Which is why now we have eliminations. Like, I, I hate that term, elimination. HOTS does it too, right? They don't show you your kills anymore. It's always eliminations, which is bullshit. Eliminations counts any assists. You know, like, you, you poke one guy with one bullet, it counts as your elimination now. And everyone's like, dude, I got like 40 eliminations that game. Like, bro, it doesn't mean shit, dude. You got like one poke on some guy. It's elimination, right? <laughs> or you're playing like fucking uh, an AoE hero. You just get you get one little poke on them, you get elimination. You know, you, it's, it's, so, it's so stupid. I hate that strat. But I realize it's such a genius marketing. And, and we're never going to see games that rely on pure raw skill anymore. And they won't be 1v1 pure games anymore. Pure raw skill. It's it's all about being able to blame teammates, and I think that is the that is like the discovery I think that game companies have made in like the last like five ten years, which is tremendous. And it's gonna we're always gonna have games like that now. One v one games cannot succeed for that reason, at least on PC. I'm telling you guys, uh, mobile is the future, and and all the things that come with that, you know, the autoplay, the the like no input gaming, you know, that stuff is gonna be more and more common, I think. And actually, I have to extend this to mobile as well. I was thinking for a moment, does my theory apply to mobile games, right? I'm thinking Clash Royale is a 1v1 game, right? But I realized, I realized why Clash Royale is pay to win. If Clash Royale wasn't pay to win, nobody would play it. You know yeah. why? They would realize they suck and they, they'll, they'll stop playing, right? Mm-hmm. But when somebody loses in Clash Royale, do you know what they think to themselves? This fucking pay to win guy beat me. That's what he thinks. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I think too. When I play Clash Royale and I don't spend any money, every time I lose, every single time I lose. Not once would I ever think to myself, damn, this guy was good. I always think this fucker paid. That's why he beat me, right? <laughs> if Clash Royale existed in a completely balanced state of mind, like completely balanced game with no pay to win elements, no, not only would they not make money, forget the money part, nobody would play. You're right. You're- the, idea of, the idea of 1v1 and everyone reaching their skill level and immediately quitting, it would destroy the game. It would have the same curve as StarCraft 2. Yep. This pay to win element is what makes Clash Royale popular. It brings players in and it keeps players in. That's good. That's a good observation. Yeah, I didn't think of that. So, <laughs> I mean, Blizzard will never do this with StarCraft. But could you imagine mm-hmm. RTS where, um, like, you could, again, like, you build a Marine, I build a Marine. But because, you know, you can upgrade their cards or their equipment, you know, whatever. Like, they, yours has, like, a level 20 Gauss rifle, so it does, like, 0.5% more damage, right? No. Canaris was talking about this, actually. He said, what if what if in your barracks you get, like, a, a green tier, a gray tier Marine, a green tier Marine, yeah, a, yeah. a blue tier Marine, or, or a legendary Marine, you know? Like, yeah. they're, they're slightly different stats, you know? Like, yeah, you get a random one every single time. Right? That'd be so they, cool. Because that'd actually be realistic, too. Because sometimes, you know, some some fighter pilots are better than others, right? So imagine, like, you know, there you you, go. you build yeah. a Wraith, I build a Wraith, but my my, wraith, my guy's cool. You know, he can, like, do flips and kill your Wraiths easily. <laughs> you can do a barrel roll, you yeah. know? No, but <laughs> if they did that, I think, I bet you, no matter how stupid that sounds, I think StarCraft would be more popular today. Yeah. And obviously, everyone everyone that plays StarCraft 2 will say they fucking hate it, right? They're all going to bitch about pay to win. But guess what? That's the reason they, they'll they keep playing. Because it gives them an out. That people, Everyone needs an excuse to, to, to protect their ego, to protect their self-esteem. But, you know, we can't handle the harsh reality that we may suck. And, like, <laughs> life lessons. It, embrace the fact that you suck. <laughs> that you may suck. And I you think, I think but if you embrace that, I think, you again, you said earlier, you'd be a happier person. You know, you play something else, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's obviously that this doesn't apply to everyone that there are just toxic people out there that are very good at the game they play we know a couple people like that 
Yeah, but I think they're, they're toxic because they reply to other people that are toxic too. Too. I actually had a friend, uh, a mutual friend, Hyun. He he said to me, you know, Aaron, I stopped playing Dota, and like it was such a good choice because like I'm so much less like angry now in my day to day. Like, it, it, so it's so funny that like just quitting a game can make you feel better. <laughs> A lot of people play Clash Royale. That game is one of the most popular mobile games uh, in the world. Highest, you know, player base, highest, some of the highest, you know, revenue generating numbers. Game is booming, and I'm convinced that the game wasn't pay to win. I, I think I might like it more, but I won't. I'll quit the game because I'll, re- I'll reach my skill ceiling very quickly and stop playing. I just it, people need an excuse. I need an excuse. We all need an excuse. All right, guys, we all need to blame somebody else. And something, you know, we should. We have, to, we, have to look, you know, we have to start looking deep inside sometimes and like what, where we are in League, where we are in, in CSGO and realize that we may be the problem. But we're never going to do that. It's never going to happen. Indeed. All right, uh, let's wrap up the BlizzCon stuff. So Hots got two new heroes announced. Hanzo mm-hmm. and this, I have a hard time pronouncing this name, the Dragon Lady from WoW. Uh, what is Aziasia? What? What's the, what's the, I, 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 I know you're talking about I can't believe I forgot her name. Hots, you pronounce it completely wrong. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got, I got that shit right. All right, Alex Straza. There you go. Okay. How do you pronounce that the way you just did, <laughs> Alex Straza? All right, <laughs> it's a lot of. All right, they're coming. Yeah, they're... there's a lot of letters here. Okay, there's a lot of a lot of strange letters, Z's and S's. <laughs> you know, uh, at BlizzCon there was the the World Championship for Heroes of the Storm, and I actually watched it. So I watched. Uh, South Korea won a lot of esports events this last week. They 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 won the South Korean team won the Overwatch World Cup. South Korean team watched won the Heroes of the Storm World Cup. The South Korean team won the League of Legends World Championship as well. Though the League of Legends one should not be a surprise because both teams in the finals were South Korean teams. Can't, it's still pretty hilarious. Can't, can't, your country can't lose if both sides are your country. All right, can't lose if you, you you're, you're both in the finals. <laughs> like man thinking meme. But it's pretty funny that in the league we had the exact same matchup as last year. Like last year was Samsung Galaxy versus SK Telecom, and this year it was SK Telecom versus Samsung Galaxy. The same two South Korean teams made it to the world stage. Though spoilers, this time uh, Samsung Galaxy won, and they dethroned SK Telecom. They won a big three-zero way as well. But it was a lot, of, a lot of big South Korean victories this last week. Uh, now, won- I'm not too hyped for the new heroes in, in Hots. Uh, do you, but no. I play. I'm a one-trick pony in Hots personally, so the new heroes don't really interest me. But Hopefully it brings more people to the game because I've been playing a little bit of Hots lately. Because several some of my friends have been playing, so I've been playing it with them, and I've been having, I've been having some fun with it because I play casually. I don't think I'd have fun if I played it all day, but I think it's, hopefully hopefully it brings more people to the I, game. I am proud of my call with Hots. I know when you guys were all bashing it, I said, "Look, this one's got legs. It's fun." Uh, if if I was going to introduce someone new to MOBAs, I would pick Hots. I would not pick League or Dota. I pick I pick League before Dota, but I wouldn't pick either if, if Hots is an option. It's just a so much easier game to get into. Mm-hmm. But do you think the numbers are still so much smaller for Here's the Storm? I mean, again, uh, Blizzard doesn't even talk about the, the numbers for Here's the Storm. They don't mm-hmm. do it for a reason. Like, again, the Blizzard earnings report came out this last week. We're not going to talk about that too much. But they they, they hyped uh, that uh, basically Hearthstone is hitting all-time highs again. Overwatch is now over 20, 25, 30 million users now. They, they, they have a new record number. So both they, they, they talk a lot about their other games. They don't talk about StarCraft 2, and they don't talk about... They don't really talk about Diablo either, but they never talk about Heroes of the Storm. They never talk about Heroes of the Storm. And the numbers, I don't think, are quite there just yet. And clearly, Blizzard's not giving up on the game. They're still doing these world championships. They're doing a lot to bring people to the game. But it's just the numbers aren't there for Hot yet, which is, I think, a bit surprising, actually, because I think I, I agree with you that this is the most accessible MOBA. Yeah. And the only reason I can think it's not successful is because how established League already is. I mean, League kind of sucked all the player base in, yeah. and League has so many people in it already. Like they bring their friends into it as well, so it's kind of hard for a new MOBA or a new game to kind of break into the genre when you're such a dominant player. 
But I think if both League and Hots launch at the same time, there's no doubt in my mind that Hots would be the bigger game. I think League is a better game because of my personal preference, yeah. but Hots would be bigger because it attracts it would be easier to get into. Indeed. All right, I think that wraps up uh, BlizzCon, so we can actually get to other news before. Uh... Yeah, we had some Overwatch stuff, but let's not talk. We got Moira. Oh, we had yeah, new, new hero on Overwatch. New map. The map looks cool. You guys should watch a yeah. trailer for the map. But I do, you know, I do want to get to other things because we've been talking about BlizzCon yeah, the whole time. Uh, we have some big news actually this week. Let's hear it. Quite a few big things. Let's hear the uh, lineage one. That's a good one. Lineage is the big one. We talk a lot about Lineage Eternal. There's a lot of hype for Lineage Eternal, so we, we got to talk a little bit about it. Uh, my brother wrote articleimos.com like uh, a little while ago talking about the fact that uh, Lineage Eternal was delayed once again. And now we have a new trailer for Project TL, which is actually uh, basically they, basically what happened is NCSoft in, pretty much entirely scrapped Lineage Eternal and they're starting from scratch. Make it basically a new game. Well, and they're calling it the codename Project TL. I don't want to say it's a new game because uh, if you watch this trailer, guys, there's going to be a point where it looks very familiar. It looks exactly like it's the exact same scene as the Lineage Eternal trailer we saw like five years ago, like three years ago. Huh? Like where there's like a guy with a sword going through like uh, this linear path of like orcs or whatever. Right here, we're going to see it on the ramparts. So this part, we saw this exact same trailer. It's just that uh, it's got a new engine now. So instead of their custom engine, it is now going to be on uh, Unreal Engine 4. I, and I said it's a new game because actually NTSoft specifically said players should view Project Teal as an entirely new game, not a remake or a rework. That's interesting. Why, why, I mean, am I imagining things? Like we're, we're, gonna, we're coming up to the part I'm talking about. Maybe I'll skip ahead. Do you guys not remember this exact same scene? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know what they're, you know, it's basically the, it's basically the exact same scene we saw of this dude fighting on this, uh, this like shattered area. But whatever. I, they, if they want to say it's a new game, it's a new game. All right. They say it's a new game because... Uh, they, there's some elements that are the same, obviously, but they said there's an entirely new game engine, obviously. They ditched the Guild Wars engine they had before for Unreal Engine 4. There's new art assets, and they had a multi-character control system that's been removed entirely. You can't play multiple characters. Instead, you play one character, mm -hmm. one avatar, the way you did in any other MRPG. Yep. So before, they had this system where you can play multiple characters at once. That's all gone. Now back to standard MRPG stuff. Okay. So that's why they're calling it a new game. I think some of the systems have been completely changed as well. Obviously, they're still using the same blueprint of the same you know ARPG-style gameplay, but... They went out of their way to say they should be viewed as a new game. And there's a whole new team working on it as well. All the people working on League of Legends before, gone. Out. Gone. They got rid of them. Guys are fired. They axed them. So do you, the, the throats are cut. So here's a funny story. So when the Legends of Eternal first got announced, the, the the cool thing about it was the fact that it would be uh, multi-platform, you know, cross-platform, you know, mobile and PC. And, I, and obviously that didn't work. I, I don't think any game has really pulled that off yet. Um, no. Nothing yet. Yeah, like so. A few games have tried it. Um, RuneScape is is next up. They're gonna try it next. Uh, I think RuneScape will be the only one that will be the first one to succeed. RuneScape will be the first PC RPG that launches a good mobile client. That's gonna actually really help the game. I think. Uh, all right. I, mean, I hope so. It's an old game, so obviously phones can handle it. Uh, hopefully they nail the controls and it feels it feels good. We'll see. Also, think how capable the RuneScape developers have been over all these years. I feel like they didn't really fuck up the game too much. They really, they, they kind of, you know, they never, they never did anything too bad. They had some trade restrictions that they, you know, removed some players, but like, they're very capable developers. They were pretty early on in the MMORPG scene, and they had the game working entirely on the web browser. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for the RuneScape team, so I think they're gonna be able to do a good job with this too. Uh, Albion is only on like Android and it's in beta right now. It's in beta, exactly. And I think the population has been falling off pretty quickly. So by the time that leaves beta, I don't know if anyone's going to be around to play it. Mm -hmm. To be too mean. But I mean, with Lineage Eternal, it's just, it, is, it is so weird to hear this game that was revealed back in 2011. Like, they've been working on it for like six years. They're like, okay, time to scrap everything, fire their team, and hire a new team to make it. Like, they have a whole new team on this. 
and they, they have like pretty what's interesting is they have like some pretty clear targets they said they want to release in closed beta in 2018 so right away wow. they, they want some kind of playable version soon like that i feel like the boss and he's off like okay no more fucking around guys you know we gave you seven years and nothing happened right okay now we're gonna give you a fucking deadline i bet that, wait, that that obviously proves to me that it's the same game they changed a few elements yes but you can't make a game from scratch in like a year like uh, no, I size. agree. So it's clearly that yeah, they're changing they're changing the art assets and stuff, but it's gonna be the same. They're gonna reuse a lot of the concepts they had. But I think they're gonna be a lot less ambitious. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. They're, they're yeah, scaling yeah. back the multi-character system. I, I don't know if they're gonna go for this uh, multi-platform play anymore. I think they're gonna make it more traditional and more PG. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Hopefully, it happens. I mean, Lady Eternal is always been one of our most hyped games on Most.com. It's it's consistently set like in our top uh, top rated games, even though it's not even out yet. Yeah, I think again, Americans and Western people in general, we, we kind of lose out on how how big lineage is. You know, lineage one is is still huge. It's on it's mostly on mobile now, but it's still in the top ten. In fact, two of the top ten most grossing uh, mobile games uh, right now mm-hmm. in the world are lineage games, lineage two eternal and lineage M. So two out of ten of the top games on mobile are are lineage games right now. That's a huge franchise. So this game is still being highly anticipated. Uh, it will have a lot of competition when it comes out. Uh, Lost Ark is, a, is also another MMO's favorite for previews. And uh, Moo Legend uh, came out in open beta recently, right? Yeah, Moo Legend actually came out today. Today, beta. there and you go. Uh, and actually, I think it came out last night, actually. I think like maybe past midnight sometime mm-hmm. my time. So I didn't actually play. I did install it just now, though. So I have the game installed and ready to go. So I'll probably be playing uh, probably later tonight. I do have to do my Final Fantasy XIV Rage first. I want to get that out of the way. And I'll probably be playing some Moo Legend afterwards. But uh, it's it, it, had, it had quite a bit of hype. I think all the both the EU and NA servers were both uh, had queues to get in. At like launch hour so like there was there's a lot of initial hype on on moo legend i'm curious how how much of the hype will remain like weeks after launch though but weirdly enough there's only four classes right now and they they said they launched like all the content but like the south korean version has the the fifth class the emphasizer again a very stupid name for a class an emphasizer but uh i, I don't know when we're gonna get that fifth class four classes early on is kind of lame i feel like i want more class variety in my games but uh, i'm gonna play i enjoy playing the closed beta the game is built in DPS meters, so I like that. But the, the, they gotta get rid of that, though. Again, the DPS meters are gonna, you know, hey, gonna make people realize they suck. I feel like Moo won't get rid of it. Moo doesn't give a shit. Moo gives no shits. No, Moo doesn't care. Moo's got no like data team like looking at the numbers. No, no, right? no, no. They're, they're, they're they're playing it by ear, you know. They're doing everything, you know. No 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 testing. Yolo. Pretty much. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna play that. I'm kind of excited for that. I have a, okay. And, uh, go ahead. Uh, I have a fun shock for you once we move from this object. All right. Okay. Take it. So, Omar, what percent of Steam users, do you think are Chinese? I have no idea. I wouldn't know where. To, I, I would not know where. To, I didn't know they use again. What they do? Are you counting the Dota two players in China? Um, no, 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 no. The Steam, the Steam client. Whether it's no, it's just whatever. Because uh, they have a modified client. Uh, no, I'm talking about the regular, the regular client for Steam. Okay. Like Steam, uh, again, Steampower.com. Okay. Ooh, I'm gonna. I mean, clearly it's a larger number. That's why you asked me. I'm gonna say like 10 percent because okay. that seems pretty high, even though because the game, the games are not Chinese. On all on, right, so we went to Steam. we went to Steam uh, hardware survey, official Steam hardware survey, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do language. Get a good proxy for uh, mm-hmm. country, right? It is 56 percent simplified Chinese, which means mainly Holy China. shit! 50, the majority. The of majority Steam of Steam users. Oh, all Steam users in the world are Chinese, and there's only one reason for it. Do you know what it is? It's PUBG. It it's PUBG, PUBG, baby. PUBG is not officially licensed. And I, I learned all this this week. Steam has been operating completely... Illegally in China? Illegally. In, uh, it's a complete gray area. It, it's just kind of... Avail- it's, it never got caught by the Great Firewall. So that people can just log in to the, you know, steampower.com, download the client, you know, and then play on the U.S. servers. Like, it's... Like, so PUBG has never been, like, sanctioned by the government. It's never been approved. But it's also never been banned. So because of that, it exists in this gray area 
where you can play it on Steam, and that alone, because it's huge, in, you know, PUBG is huge in China. Mm-hmm. That alone means over half of all Steam users are Chinese from China. That's amazing. That that's an Mozart article you can put up later. Like that's that's crazy. I I know the number was that high. I mean, it's PUBG is is insane. The game continues to grow. Yeah. It hit like 2.5 million concurrent players this last week, hitting another new record. But so many of those players are in China. I'm curious if they launch a Chinese version. Like, how many players will leave the the Steam version and go for the official Chinese version? I mean, I'm, still, I'm curious if the numbers will be afterwards. I think at this point, um, PUBG is a bigger thing than Steam. So, oh yeah, 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 has yeah, everything. Because clear, these these simplified Chinese people. I mean, I almost all of them are playing, you know, PUBG. They they downloaded Steam and they bought PUBG because that's the only way to play it in China. Hmm. And that's it. They're just there for that. That's amazing. That's remarkable how big that is. Holy crap. There's, there's a mobile version of PUBG came out too in China through a Chinese developer. I'm curious to see when we're going to get our first mobile PUBG in America. Well, let's call it Battle Royale. Let's not call it PUBG. That's like the trade. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This it's is not. Genre. So the, the mobile game that came out in China is uh, by NetEase, and it's not PUBG. It's just a mobile Battle Royale game that's trying to cl- you know, copy uh, mm-hmm. PUBG. It'll do well. It'll do well for sure. Yeah. So that was my that was my big shock of the week. I'm, I'm glad you were shocked. That, that I had no cool. idea the numbers were that big. I, again, I didn't. Again, it's, it's all PUBG, so that's what kind of skewed the data. I should have figured they were all playing that over here as well. Do you think that's worth the article? I'll, I'll put that up after this. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it it's it's interesting. It's, you put yeah. that up afterwards. I want to talk about one thing uh, to settle our bet from last week. Oh, we yeah. talked about Final Fantasy XIV's uh, hardest raid on the unending coil of Bahamut. It was cleared shortly after we made that bet. I think like two, three days afterwards. <laughs> it was unfortunate because we didn't quite make it to the next week. But yeah, the hardest content in Final Fantasy XIV was just cleared. It was cleared by a guild in the Japanese server. The Japanese beat us to it called i think this dysnomia team called dysnomia cleared it on november 4th 2017 which is 11 days after it officially launched which even though you know a lot of people observing this may not think it's a lot of time but think about that 11 days was basically people countless teams of hardcore you know raiders doing this non-stop if you look at just the streamers that did it like some streamers played this for like 10 hours a day and and they didn't clear it yet so like there were a lot of teams working on this and it took these guys Still 11 days to do it. I think, they did, I think this team was not a streaming team. They were kind of smart. They hit their strategies, and they just, they just did it by themselves. They put a picture up when they, when they actually downed it. So it's pretty cool they actually end up doing it. And yes, what's funny is they actually had a Dark Knight on their team as well. And this brings up a bigger conversation about meta. I feel like people always people say like Dark Knight suck, right? It was one of, the, one of the 10 classes in Final Fantasy XIV. And it shows that they were able to clear the hardest content using this 10 class, which is not considered meta. Like they consider it kind of weak, which is, again, it's remarkable oh, that they were able to do that. So there's something unique, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, again, meta is an interesting concept in, in, in basically these MMORPGs. When you start playing a non-meta character, people just yell at you. I mean, it kind of feels bad right now to play Final Fantasy XIV as a black mage, as my main, because black mages are, have been in a position in the game where they're, they're basically unloved and unmeta. In fact, a lot of party finder groups disable black mages. You cannot wow. join our party for black mage. We need four Whoa, DPS. That's right, racism. That's racism. I know. Black. White mages are allowed. Black mages aren't. <laughs> Nobody hates on the white mages. They only hate the black mages. Oh, right? black mages, you know, destroy things. It's part of their nature. The white mages, they you know, they build civilization, they heal, you know, oh, they bind. There you go. So, I'm talking about I'm talking about a game right now, so guys. Don't get mad. Yeah, this is, sounds legit though. So again, like, as a black mage, I can't join a lot of parties because they they, they disable black mages DPS role because you bring almost nothing to the party in terms of like uh, utility. Like other DPS classes buff other classes, they bring more utility. Black <laughs> mage has no utility; they just stand there doing damage. Nice. So it's life is bad as black mage. Feels bad, man. You gotta play a white mage to get the full uh, the full experience. But meta becomes an interesting concept, whether it's whether it's MMORPGs, whether it's you know MOBAs, and I don't I don't like how strongly meta embeds itself into into people's minds. 
in MRPGs, a little bit less because when you're doing high tier content, I understand the need to like try to optimize your roles. But the problem is in like MOBAs, I don't think it matters nearly as much unless you're on the world stage where you're playing in a professional tier. Yeah. Like metas and stuff doesn't come on guys. You're playing like you shit your gold rating, your bronze rating. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. All right, dude. You're playing you're playing Baka tier anyway. Like you, you, you could you could climb to like a challenger tier playing like garbage heroes, non-meta heroes. It happens. I, I, I climbed to fucking Masters tier, top 200, top 100 actually playing non-meta singed for all of season two. Like, yeah, the rage, I, I, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how out of meta singed was, but the rage that I, I felt when I picked Ricky <laughs> as my carry in Dota 2 uh, was so funny. Like people people would were infuriated like that I would pick this hero that's like not meta to play, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, so it was, it was just amusing. Obviously, since I'm queuing with this guy, yeah, I, we, he was obviously the same ranking as me. This was solo queue. So this guy's not better than me. So I don't know why he's like, getting so mad at me for picking a hero, which obviously I climbed to his level with this hero, right? So why is he getting mad that I'm picking this hero? I don't, it never made sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't like that. And it, it, it really infects people's minds. And like, it's, I get it if you're in a high tier, but we're playing in this like, this, this like not professional tier, dude. Relax. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like, you can play the shittiest tier, it doesn't matter. What, what determines who wins or not is going to be like your mechanical skill, how circumstances develop in the game. Like, it's not my hero that determines the game, like, or the picks and bans. The bans don't determine the game either. In pro games, you can make an argument that it does, but it's definitely not. So I don't know why people get so upset over that. It does trigger people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I end up playing like support stages and people like instantly throw the game or some stuff like that. Like, they get so pissed. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, relax. I got this. I'm fine. Just play, play your game. Exactly. I'm going to play my game. Yeah, you got to the same win. point that they did. So, what's their, what is their valid you know, argument? They don't have any. No, it's because it's because they watch pro games. They think like they understand the game and like, oh, they don't pick it in pro games. It must be shit. Like we lost because of you. You didn't pick the right fucking hero. No, dude, we lost because you're fucking bitching all game and typing and you're not playing the actual game. You know, <laughs> I, I hate I hate the again in Final Fantasy as well. Again, you can do all the con- content with like non-meta stuff. Like people are like oh, even like a thing in Final Fantasy as well is people don't like double double stacking classes. You know, you have two black mages in a group, you have two ninjas in a group. Like you don't you actually fill up your your limit break gauge a little bit slower because you have double classes. And using different the same abilities, so yeah, there's a, you lose some efficiency, but like you don't need the limit break gauge to win. Like it doesn't matter. Like it should not be this breaking point. Like just start the fucking fight already. Don't worry too much about it. Just play. Now, if you're trying to do world's first clears, I get it, but everything else, it still really doesn't matter. You know, so this, meta it can be cancerous. This uh, communication with teammate thing you just mentioned it reminded me of another BlizzCon announcement. The most shocking. Hmm. So my most shocking uh, announcement of the of BlizzCon wasn't the WoW Classic servers, which was a shock. But it was actually the fact that Hot said in voice chat. I was like, "What?" Yeah, that's amazing. Like, that's so weird. Like, you know, that's gonna it's gonna increase the flaming so much. Like, don't they see that coming? <laughs> like, people are gonna be yelling. People, yeah. you know, Hot has been I think a little better for some reason. Like, I I see less flamers in Hot, and I you know you still see them. I think it's less than League and Dota. But there are people out there that rage over Hot. And the moment you give somebody a mic, oh boy, they're gonna have a heyday. So I'm curious to see if they're gonna end up backpedaling on that because I know. Valve can handle the open mic because they don't give any fucks. Like Valve has no like moderation team on that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Blizzard is gonna get a lot of complaints from people about like people being mean on the internet. And, and Blizzard, I don't know if they're gonna be able to deal with it, right? Yeah. So I, they might backpedal. I think that's the one thing they might backpedal on. I understand the need for communication, but I feel like you can get most of the communication done anyway with like pings and stuff. I, I think, don't think I don't I, think it's that important. I think Blizzard is smart, and here's what they're gonna do if they're smart. And let me know what you think of this idea. They're only gonna allow voice chat between groups that queue together so like if i group you know let's say we get party of three people us three can voice chat oh come on us if, if we're played if we're grouped together as three we're gonna be in discord anyway that's Pro- bullshit that's, that's my guess that's my guess that's my guess so if you if you queue as a five stack you can voice chat with you know the whole team but 
they would gain nothing. That seems so like pointless. That, uh, Everyone's maybe, already voice chatting maybe. on Discord. Well, that's, that's my guess. Yeah, I, that's a fair guess because I don't think they're going to open it up to randos to yell at each other because that's what they're going to do. You yeah. know, I feel like people are going <laughs> to yell at each other. <laughs> CSGO is fine. No, the reason Valve has always been very like give no fucks attitude, right? And Blizzard backpedaled so quickly off the real money auction house in, in Diablo 3 because they got complaints and stuff and like they could have easily kept the system in place. They thought about it. They thought it was a good idea. And I thought it was a good idea too. But they didn't. They couldn't handle the complaints. And, you know, people got hacked and shit. And I don't know if if Blizzard will be able to do that as well. And I, th I think League talked about it as well. But I don't know if they're going to do it as well because I think it's going to introduce so much more raging and toxicity to the game. All right. Uh, any other news stories? I got a few in my pocket here. If you, I got, I got, I got one more big one. There was the, there was an NCSoft media event actually uh, just today or last night actually. Where they they announced uh, quite a bit of fun NCSoft stuff besides just the the lineage the Project TL they actually announced Play in the Soul two becoming out wow so, uh, really yeah but but guess what mobile. it's mobile only baby oh. mobile only Blade in the Soul two so why did they decide to call it Blades in Blade in the Soul two rather than just Blade in the Soul mobile no there's already Blade in the Soul mobile that's why oh so Blade in the oh, Soul but guess mobile what? too but, but guess what Blade in the Soul mobile is made by the same guys that made Blade in the Soul original. So the sequel was not made by the same team that made the original Blade and Soul. The same that same team worked on Blade and Soul Mobile. Mobile. Right. Instead, Blade and Soul Two is a different a sequel to the game, but made by different people. Which again raised the question: Why? It just it's it's confusing. Yeah. So now they're gonna Blade and Soul Mobile, which called Blade and Soul M, and Blade and Soul Mobile, Blade and Soul Two, and I guess Two is definitely the sequel to the to the you know original Blade and Soul. Interesting. And the game is already done apparently. Like it's it's, it's finished. They said it's already finished. And now I'm just thinking I went to launch it, which is weird. So they're kind of coordinating marketing and their rollout strategy. So I, I'm guessing early 2018. I, I like Blade and Soul a lot on the PC. Like the PC Blade and Soul game, I think it was, was a lot of fun. It was a great free to play RPG. So, I mean, when I first heard Blade and Soul 2, I'm like, hey, this is pretty hype. But then I heard mobile only. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know, like maybe it'll be good. I, I doubt it. But, you know, it's I'm going to try it because I like Blade and Soul. But I'm not hyped for the fact that it's mobile. Definitely not hyped about that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, I, got, I got a fun story that I wrote about earlier this week. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Basically, there's a, a Japanese mobile game, and there's a user who spent 150,000 US dollars in one month on that mobile game. Well, what, what are your thoughts on that kind of spending? $150,000 on a mobile game? Which game was it? Uh, it was like some weird, like uh, one of those dance idol groups. Oh, oh was, it, was it an American player or a Japanese player? Japanese. Okay, I think I think this is the reason we're gonna have microtransactions. Yeah, and I, I've talked about this for a while too. But like, the fact that you can spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars on a mobile game is amazing. Like, let's say that, that that this is, it's weird. I know people are gonna maybe maybe say I'm I'm lame for saying this, but like, I think Blizzard is making a big financial mistake by not having uh, higher tier loot boxes. Like, and the reason being is I think you can you can unlock everything you want in Overwatch with like a thousand bucks. It's a lot of money, right? Like a thousand bucks to buy loot boxes with. You can get everything in the game, every con all the content in the game, but with mobile games, you can spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, here's the best like, part. Here's like the, uh, my, it was one hundred thirty grand. My bad, I got the number slightly wrong. Off the top of my head. One hundred thirty thousand in one month. And here's the best part. Here's the best part. After they spent, they spent in July, right? And like a couple days later, uh, actually no, before they even spent that, it was announced that that game would be shutting down at the end of this year. And they said they have no so regrets. You, so he spent one hundred thirty thousand dollars on a game that he knows he knew was going to yeah, shut yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Yo, he's got to make his waifu look good, obviously. Right? The man's got his priorities straight, all right? Okay, so uh, let me find a quote here. He had, don't particularly have regrets. And they, and, and they already started playing the new the sequel. So there's a sequel now. 
And I'm gonna play a trailer where I talk about this. So I here's my conspiracy music, okay, guys. If you watch X Files, imagine X Files music playing right now, okay? So Bandai Namco, they made this 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 generic rhythm game, right, with like a waifu collector, and then they they milked all the whales. They they squeezed all the milk out of the whales, right? And then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're shutting the game down. But here's the sequel, and the sequel's the exact same thing, but it's got it's called Theater Days. So the Idol Master Million Live Theater Days. This, and the reason they did this is so all those whales yeah. are going to spend all that amount of money they did on the first game on yeah. the second game as yeah. well. Yeah, because they're all maxed out on the first game now. Because they probably spent you know they spent a million dollars. You got to be maxed out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so so now you got to move migrate, migrate them over to the new game. Shut the old game down. Genius boys, easy way to make money. Uh, but this is the reason we're going to get more uh, microtransactions again, and microtransactions are going to get more and more hardcore to the point where you have to spend hundreds of thousands to get everything. Because I think Blizzard is making a financial mistake by not allowing people to spend hundred thousand dollars. There are people out there that want to spend $100,000 yeah, on Overwatch. Yeah, they definitely. want to. Like, they're eager. They got their credit card in their hand. They're like, fuck, I want to spend hundred grand, But they can't. They can only spend five grand. They can only spend one grand, And they get everything. Mm-hmm. So imagine Overwatch. There's a $100 loot box or a $50 loot box, right? And it's got a whole different loot table. So you need to buy, like, 20 of those loot boxes to guarantee a legendary and a super loot box. Like, if they just had, like, three tiers of loot boxes, like, $20 loot boxes, $50 loot box, $100 loot boxes. Like... They can just make so much more money. And let's be real. I don't think people are going to complain. I'm not, I, I think Overwatch is a great game. People will complain. If you, will, hold, you won't complain. But people would. You, all the 14-year-olds would bitch and moan about it. until there's And no guess compl- what? They'll bitch and moan and they'll, and they'll keep playing if oh, you like Okay, sure. But you, said, you, said, that, you said they wouldn't complain. But that's wrong. But no, they, they, would, they, they would still play. They would right. still play. Okay. Look, the moment they'll stop playing is when they... Maybe if they make it pay to win to the degree where the new outfits actually impact gear. And then there's a balancing act in how much you can do. I don't think it's going to affect the game if they add more special cosmetics that cost crazy amounts of money. Some, a small percent might actually raise quite our principal, but I think they'll make so much more money that it's, it's a prudent financial decision for them to do it. Uh, yeah, sure. I agree. And and here's the thing. Uh, when I was younger, when I first moved to Las Vegas, I wasn't that young. I was like 22, maybe 20. Yeah, 22. Yeah. Okay. So I moved to Las Vegas and there's all these casinos, right? And... Um, the casino industry, like the, the people who make the slot machines, the guys who run the casinos, in the in the industry parlance, they're known as gaming companies, right? Gaming, mm-hmm. gaming refers to casinos before you know. And I kind of I was like, mm, that's like that's my word. Yeah, I'm a gamer. That's my word. You can't use that that's word. That's your word. You know, but but the more I think about it, like the way especially mobile is going, it's exact same model. You have you have the same game, like uh, in a in a casino, you have like the sev- crazy sevens, right? And you can play with twenty five cents per pull, and mm-hmm. in the in the high stakes room across the room, across the hall. There's the exact same crazy sevens machine, but it's one thousand dollars per pull, and there's yeah. someone on that machine too. So it's the same thing with mobile uh, gaming. It, it literally is just casino gaming. I think like there's no difference. There's literally yeah, the, the twenty-five cents a pull versus thousand dollars a pull. Yeah. The same exact machine, okay, which is insane. And he was pointing out in the chat. I care less that thousand dollar cosmetics. Yeah, I could I could honestly care less either. Like if the guy wants to spend money, make himself look pretty. Like it's no different than somebody buying a Louis Vuitton bag in real life. Like, yeah, he looks cooler than I do with his Louis Vuitton bag or something, right? And he spent a thousand dollars on that, like mm-hmm. or two thousand dollars. Like, it, it doesn't impact the game at all. If the, if the core Hold gameplay up. is fun, I don't think it matters. Hold up, if you saw someone walking around with a thousand dollar cosmetic in, like, let's say Final Fantasy or World of Warcraft, yeah. would that guy look cool to you? He look like an, I, I would just be like, look at that idiot. <laughs> that's what. That's yeah, my, I, I, that'd be my I thought. Think, you know, I probably think the same thing. But do you think do you think the same thing about somebody who buys a Louis Vuitton bag? No. Why? Because it's, it's, it's literally a cosmetic. You're right, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Usually it's girls walking around with Louis Vuitton bags. Yeah. Right? Doesn't. I would say the minority of girls walking around with a Louis Vuitton bag paid for that bag themselves. Right. 
Okay, they got they got they got some guy to pay for. Yeah, they got some, so that 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 shows me that they have a high level. So, so fine. If, I, if I see mental, if I see a mental manipulation, oh, if I see a Mikote in Final Fantasy fourteen, which is a cat girl, a cat girl walking around with a thousand dollar cosmetic, mm. she probably got some sucker to pay for it for her too. Okay, if, if she's an actual girl, maybe, but it's probably but just a fat girl. Okay, but if you're gonna spend a thousand dollars on someone, you got you know you gotta at least get the Skype going, you know, you know what I'm saying? So you gotta. They, why? They, whoa, whoa. Well, what do you want? People give people give thousands to streamers all the time. Yes, if you knew they were a streamer or whatever, and then you saw them, yeah, you probably, I would think. Um, so, so, if you, if you see a random person in Final Fantasy XIV in a World of Warcraft, a thousand dollar cosmetic, I mean, I, I don't see how you can point out to the real life person and say they're not an idiot or they're stupid, but you can't say the same. You, you won't say you won't say anything about the people in here's, game. Here's why. Here's why. Because I think currently, and it's all it's all a matter of uh, what the numbers actually are. That could change my view, but I do mm -hmm. believe that in Final Fantasy, most people buy for themselves currently in games. That could change in the future, but currently. It's people buying things for themselves. Unless if they're if they're like a known streamer and I see their avatar with like ten thousand dollar stuff, then then I might expect them to have. have and I still don't buy your argument that most people buy Louis Vuitton bags for other people. I feel like people buy for themselves all the time. Really? Yeah, I don't think that's true either. Girls will buy for themselves. Okay, I mean, I, I when we're talking Louis Vuitton. The Vuitton actually is not that expensive, but that's like like you know, some of the stuff is like hundred dollars for like a belt or something, right? But if you're talking yeah. about like ten thousand dollar bags or like a, no, the, a, a couple thousand dollar product bag, okay, something so, like that. Well, if we're gonna do the math, let's say the really expensive luxury stuff that you see on girls, I don't think it's the girl paying for. Uh, regard my 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 point is whatever. It's a way to differentiate yourself, and I, I don't. Th I I think your judgment for real life versus game is silly. I think you either have to say they're both stupid or they're both cool. Okay. And you make this distinction between real life and in-game. Well, it depends who's both... buying the money, man. I, I think that's a big... But you, but, you don't, but you will never know in real life. You have this weird assumption that you don't know if that's true either. You don't, are you going to ask them before you judge them? No. You're going to judge them. Okay, yeah. You're not going to ask them. So you're gonna, you're instantly, you made these assumptions beforehand on one side and the other, and the other side. Okay, but I think it's a fair assumption. Don't you? Like, I, 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 like, I bought cosmetics. I, almost, I buy them for myself. I spent like $5 or whatever. I, I, I never really... Like, unless unless a streamer or something, I don't really think people are buying cosmetics for other people on regular, especially high end ones like a thousand dollars. I think I think again I, we don't know if uh, who's buying these high end luxury bags. Like I, okay. I think people are buying for themselves. So yeah, but I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's like ninety nine one percent, but I, I'd say the average woman you see with like really expensive jewelry, really expensive you know clothing and stuff. I think above fifty percent, someone bought it for them. All right, Pistol says I've only bought cosmetics for myself. All right, uh, but, but, she's a streamer. Oh, but Ooh. has she bought herself like? Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. But it, uh, in gaming, it's pretty common for people to buy them for themselves. Yeah, and and people buy real life cosmetics and real life luxury products for themselves. So I don't know why I make this distinction. If you see oh. a guy in Final Fantasy fourteen, a cat girl with a thousand dollar. Well, that's cosmetic. the thing. Thousand dollar. I'm not saying cosmetic. So I'm Pistol. I, I mean, could, uh, but I could be wrong. But I, are you wearing like ten thousand dollar like golden uh uh concealer? I don't think so. Right? No, no, no. All right, all right. We, we, we have one confirmed girl in our chat, Pistol. Do, do most girls you know buy, like, Louis Vuitton? No, do, yeah, of the, the girls the, you know the, that buy Louis Vuitton yeah, bags? No, of the girls you know with the highest caliber luxury goods, okay, whether it's car, jewelry. Um, it doesn't have to be the highest end. It could be $1,000, $500. $1,000? Luxury, luxury goods. That's super luxury. I'm not, I'm not saying $100,000 cosmetics in Final Fantasy XIV. I'm saying $500 to $1,000 cosmetics. $1,000 cosmetic in in a game is, like, the equivalent yeah. of, like, a Ferrari in real life because it's no, max. No, it's not. It's, it's a cap. It no, it's How no, many $1,000... How many thousand dollar items are there in gaming? None. There's none. But the okay, point is none. there are some. There's, there's some. There's not none. Not really. Uh, no, like big and more pieces thousand dollar cosmetics. Oh, uh, for in fact, uh, I don't think any does cosmetic wise. No, I think you're wrong. Anyway, the point is, I think they should have. They they could add them. 
And okay. they shouldn't stop at a thousand. Yeah, they can have ten thousand, yeah, hundred thousand. Okay, as well. fine. Let's say they add a hundred thousand. All the people you see in a game that is a thousand, if they if they added up to hundred thousand dollar cosmetics, you see somebody with a thousand dollar cosmetics, you're judging them as stupid or no. a fool. But you don't judge a yes. woman as a fool. This is why I'm hold confused. up, it, it, oh, hold up. I said I don't judge the woman if if she got some sucker to pay for, because then then she has power. That's like a sign of like like persuasion. No, okay, all right. We have Pistol says the ones I know get them themselves, including my own jewelry, purses, expensive coats, etc. So I think you have this weird judgment that all these girls only get guys. To, look, there are girls that get guys to buy them stuff. Obviously, that happens, but I don't think it's the vast majority, or even uh, close to. I majority. think I think we're disputing. I think it's a minority. I think I think the issue is the the the, the dollar amount we're talking about. Okay, so like, let's say let's say hundred thousand dollar cosmetics. Okay, do you okay. think girls are buying that for themselves? No, it's it's the it's the rich billionaire. So, or whatever. Hold on, hundred thousand. Now you now you're talking about no, you're in a whole different world. The people what? that buy hundred thousand dollar real life cosmetics are billionaires. Like that's yeah. not a big market. No, but the billionaire's not buying it for himself. He's buying it for the for the woman. That's what I'm no trying to say. No one's talking about. No one's talking hundred thousand dollar cosmetics. Nobody's discussed. That is a, a really niche, obscure yeah. part of the market. We're talking about Prada bags and no, Louis Vuitton no, no, no. bags. Those aren't okay. The price ranges on those products are between five hundred to like five thousand dollars. That's what we're talking about. This range of luxury products, not the extreme million dollar watches and stuff. That's bullshit. Nobody's talking about that. Okay. You bring it. You bring it to the extreme. I don't think. Pro- I said a thousand okay. dollar item I, in a game. By the way, I think I think a lot of these luxury companies have the, like, the lower end lines, which which people can buy that for themselves. That's fine. Like that, that happens. Yes. I'm talking about the but high that, end stuff. You, no, high end is a thousand dollar. I don't count. Th- I, don't, I don't count those high end. All right, Mister. I really don't. over here. Oh, whoever has a thousand dollar bag is a fucking peasant. He only thinks about hundred thousand dollar bag. Come on. What? Well, come on. Hold up. I have a ni- I have a I have a nine hundred dollar monitor. Okay. Well, seven hundred US dollars. Yeah. And I think this is still consumer grade, right? No, that that what, I would say it is. It's a consu- high end. It's, no. it's not luxury. Oh, it's high end, but it's not luxury. There, there are no there are no luxury monitors. That's why there's no mar- there's no such thing as a luxury. I, I, I'm an enthusiast grade uh, monitor. You're an enthusiast. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are uh, industry grade monitors that cost like hundred thousand or something. No, the luxury goods are not the same as industrial grade products. Luxury grade, like it's just a higher end product. Anyway, my <laughs> point is, can you? Now that we got the numbers to where I want them, a thousand, like five hundred to five thousand, is we could. I'm considering luxury. Now, if you see a, a girl in, li- in real life with a bag with a five hundred dollar, with a thousand dollar bag, that okay. she bought herself. Okay. Are you gonna say she's stupid? No. Or a fool? No. Okay, but the, but the, but the but the Mikote cat girl in Final Fantasy that buys a thousand dollar cosmetic or five hundred dollar cosmetic is a fool. Yes. Why? Okay, I'm gonna play. The, I'm gonna play the video again while we talk about this. All right. So okay. if you spend a hundred thousand dollars or five thousand, whatever number we're talking about, in this game. You're a fool. Why? No, no, no. This uh, game is hundred thousand dollars. That's different. Uh, whatever, five, whatever, five thousand, whatever, whatever thousand. If, let's, if, say, let's say thousand dollars. Okay, if you spend a thousand dollars in, let's say, a short amount of time, okay? Because why is it different than a girl buying a thousand dollar purse in real life? Because this, the, the article is in one month. They spend hundred thousand. If you spend a thousand over ten years, it's not. Like, it's like it's like coffee. Then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter either way. You buy the purse over instantly. You go to the you go to the cash register. You buy the purse for a thousand dollars. In the okay. game, you buy it in one, one shot, too. You okay, buy yeah. them both in one shot. Yeah, yeah, What's fine. Yeah, okay, yeah, one shot, one shot. Okay, good. So, one shot item. Okay. That, good. So, so, why is one stupid and another one not? Okay, because... I, I, because they I, both would be stupid. The, 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 my, my, my evidence, my argument is in the visual. So, if you just watch this... Uh, if you just watch this trailer of this, like these girls bouncing up and down... That that's that is that is the evidence. That is the, I'm resting my case on this video, okay? No, that, this, is, this is nonsense. It's not... This, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. This is either you have to either condemn both or just say, look, if the person derives their enjoyment out of the $500 luxury bag in Final Fantasy 14, 
or World of Warcraft or a special hat. Like, who gives, like, well, here, here's my argument. I, I, I think it's a non-argument we just said. If everything is equal, where if everyone's entertain, if everyone's pleasure is as good as every, everything else's pl- so you know, pleasure. So long as they're spending within their means. If the guy spends more money than he has or he goes into debt buying a luxury product, yeah, he's a stupid, he's an idiot in real life and he's an idiot in game. But you see to make this distinction between People spending five hundred bucks to a thousand bucks on a Prada bag being okay. Oh, well, here's another good one. People spending thousand well, bucks on a game not being okay. If 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 this if this uh, if this video is not enough evidence for you, that Louis Vuitton bag will only lose a certain number of its value, percent of value. It will it will maintain at least like 10, 20, 30 percent, forty percent of its value. And this holds true for jewelry, gold, uh, like Picasso paintings or whatever. But, but right? it still loses value. So yeah, they're no. both depreciating assets. Yeah, no, no. But one it depreciates to zero instantly. So here's the thing: if if you ever regret your decision, you at least get half your. So it's at least it's at least twice as dumb to get the digital thousand dollars because you get nothing for that no you, you are thinking about your chargebacks your refunds you're buying this well are you, you are you, you are, you you are you, a lot of people who buy cars often sell their car before they buy the next one or trade it in this is a very common thing same with gamestop and stuff gamestop is a horrible way to do it ebay is probably better but a lot of people buy games you know console games and they sell it when they're done and they, and they get like 10 20 30 and depending if it's a nintendo game you know you get half your money back you know if, even if you sell a game like five six years in the future ten years in the future well what if, what if, what if the five, you, you're stretching. What if somebody goes to a thousand dollar restaurant, a sushi restaurant? He buys some, he eats uh, some sushi off a of naked girl's tits. Is this guy an idiot now? He can't refund that sushi. You already ate it. Uh, well, okay, I, I will answer you guys, but we are actually out of time for the podcast. It's got a little. Is that guy? Is, is that guy an idiot versus well, the guy who spent thousand yes. dollars in game? You will hear my answer, but you will have to hear it in the post game. So if you're watching on YouTube and uh, this for some reason has entertained you, uh, you got to catch it live if you want. The full discussion next time. All right, so All right, we'll, we'll continue this conversation yeah. in the post game. Later for YouTube. Later, YouTube. Uh, take it easy.